The strategic plan is important because <laughs> it provides direction, it provides purpose, it helps us, you know, allocate our resources uh, successfully, you know, and it helps us adapt. Have you been looking for a business podcast with hosts and guests who don't have a stick up their ass? Yeah, I said it. Damn! Well, if so, welcome to your new home, brother. Brother. This is My Fence Life. Woo! Our three passions are beer, bourbon, and business. And probably in that order. We're bringing on business owners who share tips, tricks, and behind-the-scenes stories to help your business be more successful. And we drink during the show. So no matter what industry you're in, pop a cold one and come on in. Welcome to the My Fence Life Studio. Hey, hey, what's happening, Fence Lifers, man? We got a great one for y'all tonight. Season 5, Episode 15, Strategic Planning for Your Business. And we got a great guy. I, I wouldn't want to talk about this with anybody else except this guy. Um, anyway, before we go any further, first let's say this. Go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook so we can see your name in the comments. That would make it really nice, guys. And look, y'all all know, uh, you heard it in the intro, you know where to find us. We're everywhere, okay? Uh, go to MyFenceLife.com too. Find out, uh, man, we got this new thing called Ask Dan. You can ask me anything. I had a couple people ask me some questions today. And uh, guess what? I only knew one of the answers. So I had to call some people that I knew. And I was like, hey, man, I need an answer for this cat. And I got the answer and emailed them back. It was great. I like that. And uh, we got our U.S. Hammer giveaway. So if you want to do that, go to MyFenceLife.com. Click on the little U.S. Hammer. Fill out the form and register to win, man. It's going to be awesome. So, hey, guys, tonight our guest, he's been a fence builder since the early 90s. He's the CEO and resident staying expert at Expert Staying and Seal. He, well, we like to think he's the number one staying contractor in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, if you ask me, he is. And he's the founder of the Free Staying and Seal University and the host of the Staying and Seal podcast. So, guys, let's go ahead. We're going to bring him on. And uh, say hello to uh, Mr. Caleb Roth. All right, fence lifers, get ready for your shut it badass hinge guest. Brought to you by D and D Technology, creator of the Magna Latch. If it doesn't say badass, it ain't D and D. What's happening, man? Dan, how are you? How you like that intro, huh? It's out there, man. It's getting wilder every time I come on the show. Uh, it's the same one we've been using, man. I've been having a good time with it. I probably need to tweak it a little bit. Um, you know, we were talking about this before the show. It says, uh, we say on the uh, on the intro that uh, we drink during the show, man, but I hadn't really been drinking. I've been on this real health kick and trying to get my life back together and my health back together and... I think I maybe have a drink a week. Like I'm drinking water tonight. So guys, we've got uh three rules to the show. Beer, bourbon, and business. So uh y'all wanna drink a little beer, drink a little bourbon. Caleb and I, we're gonna talk a little business. What you what are you drinking over there, man? Are you on that man, tea? I'm, yeah, I'm drinking that Indian tea right now tonight. But you know you you've not been drinking lately. Zig Ziglar said if you if you um you would, he said, if, if you'll just stop uh, drinking for, um, you know, try it just for maybe about 20 or maybe even 30 years, he <laughs> said, you'd be, you'd be amazed at the difference that it'll make in your life. So 20 to 30 with, years. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you, man. I'm very seldom do I drink anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do just, drink a lot of water. I've just been keeping it real moderate, man, about one a week. And uh, I do that. On my special night where Pepper and I go get my favorite dish at my favorite little restaurant here in town, you know. So nice, man. Anyway, man. Time. So, are you going to Fence Tech? Oh yeah, we'll be there. We got a booth. Yeah. I don't know what number it is, but we're right in the middle of the floor. Got a big booth, so super excited to. Yeah, that's going to do it in my hometown. That's going to be in Nashville, 
Tennessee. Yes, we, we're calling it Smashville. That's what me and Dan Will have been calling it, Smashville, Tennessee, because we're going to go into Nashville, and we're going to smash that place up. We're going to have a bunch of fences. We're going to have a great time. We're going to be doing all kinds of things, and that's going to be Monday, January 22nd through Friday, January 26th. Guys, that's located in Music City Center right there in downtown Nashville. Already booked my room at the Omni. Uh, I think Dan Will and Rob, the producer, got their rooms at the Omni. Uh, Benji got his Airbnb already. Man, we're ready to rock and roll. We didn't want to waste any time. Last year, I waited too long, and I didn't get to say at the Omni, at the hopping spot to be. So I wanted to be there with all the AFA guys. So anyway, man, uh, how you been doing? Doing well. Changing seasons, and uh, it's got us moving into our new place or real close to it. So it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be alive over here for us. Yeah, man, we hit, um, shoot, I walked out the door this morning, and we hit 46 degrees. I was like, whoa, I had on shorts and a, and a short sleeve shirt. I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm just jumping in the truck. I should have started it before I got out here. I hadn't been starting it. I'm going to start doing that. I'm excited yeah, to have that little. we the 30s, man. Oh, that's what y'all were this morning, in the 30s? In 36, 30, 38 degrees. Wow, man. Yeah. That's, uh, it'll, be, it'll be 100 degrees again in a couple of weeks probably, so I'm not too concerned. <laughs> so, man, you and I have been talking, and um, we were talking about strategic planning. I know uh, Consult Ron's got me doing some strategic planning. We're planning for next year. We're getting some goals hashed out. we got a lot of stuff going on. And you brought it up, and I'm like, hey, let's tackle it. Let's let's talk about some strategic planning. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, is I was talking with one of the guys in the office, uh, Zach, and he asked me a question. And his question was, well, what's strategic planning? I'm like, you know what? That's a great question. So I threw a little Google Doc together. If anybody's been on the show, you know, I'm a Google Doc guy. And uh, I said, Caleb, let's talk about this. So what you got down for strategic planning, man? Well, you you can see it. I don't know if you're going to share it up on the screen, but I put some notes in here. No, just um, go ahead and read them off, yeah, man. I filled the blank. But basically, I put three bullet points here for your first question. What is strategic planning? Number one, it's creating a framework, and I highlighted framework, that details your corporate vision. So nobody can, uh, nobody can read your mind. So you've got to do something... Uh, to create that framework for your vision and then a common language with which to express that vision. So you got to get everybody on the same page there and a well-developed routine for keeping the vision current. So, you know, it doesn't matter how much planning you do if you don't set those things in motion and keep them in motion and then it's nothing's going to happen. Well, yeah, you, you need to have some type of, uh, you know, systematic process that you're going to use to define things, you know, and, and you got to have some long-term goals. You got to have short-term goals. You know, that's, that's all part of strategic planning. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I like to think I used, I used to be a little more short-term and uh, so we, you know, we would have long-term goals and then we would have all these little short-term goals, which basically turned out to be emergencies. We got all these things that we got to take care of quarterly and now I'm thinking a little more long term and instead of changing maybe the direction, not total ch- direction change, but instead of changing directions um, quarterly, I'm thinking more long term and trying to get yearly plans and, and stay a little more focused and on the on the more long term stuff. But um, basically, it's important because it gets everybody on the same page. Well, you know, I wrote that right there in, in bold letters. I see Same that. page. Yep. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is when you're starting to work on a strategic plan, um, you really need to assess your business's current state. You need to figure out where are we, you know, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. Hey, where are we? Where do we sit? You know, where do we stand? How are things looking? And you start looking at cash flow. You start looking at all these things. So that way you can make an educated decision on where you need to go next because assessing your uh, your current state of your business allows you to go, all right, this is where we are and this is where we need to go because you don't want to set a goal that's so far out of reach because you think you're somewhere, but 
but you're really not there yet, you know? Um, yep. And, uh, and then you just kind of develop a roadmap to achieve those goals, you know? So basically just make some informed decisions and position your business for success. That's what you're trying to do with a plan like that. You know, that's, that's how I see it. Um, I'm looking at these uh, bullet points that Caleb's got on here. Uh, the next question he's got is, you know, why is strategic planning important? You know, and uh, we kind of covered that. You can't go any, you can't go anywhere if when everybody's not on the same page. You know, we've been working on our core values, man, and uh, we uh, came up with an acronym, and the word is secure, is the acronym, and it spells out all of our core values. That's something I've been working on for longer than I should have. And now that I have them ironed out, we're going to get them right down the wall in the office. When everybody comes in, they see it. When we have our Monday morning meetings, they see it. And we're all on the same page. There's no questions about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's important. And the last show that we did, we talked about your core values. And um, and that really got a fire on me. I'm like, man, this dude's got his core values in his bathroom. So when you're sitting on a toilet, you can read them on the back of the door. And here I am. I still got them on a Google Doc somewhere trying to figure them out. So, that, And it takes a long time to do those core values. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, re- I'm actually redoing mine because I decided six was too many. I'm going to go to three. Oh, really? Yeah, the pro- the problem was is is a lot of our core values. What we what we discovered, what we found, was that in our Monday morning meeting, there's a segment where we where we peer to peer, we shout out each other for for doing core values. And what we were finding is if somebody did one thing, for instance, if somebody took out the trash, just use that for an example. Uh-huh. Well, th- well, they did the right thing. They took initiative. They led by example. You know, they did five or six, you know, they might have done five out of six core values. And what we found was that um, I think pretty much all six of my core values can be summed up with one core value. And and then I was missing something about speed. For me, I'm I'm all about speed. I like to move quick. I want to be uh, Navy SEALs, not big army. So um, I want to I want to move with speed. So I'm, I'm going to change mine up. And uh, but but don't get discouraged because it does take time. And I think it's OK if you want to live with some for a while and you might decide you want to change them up. It's the way yeah. it goes. You got to figure that out. So, you know, the strategic plan is important because, uh, it provides direction. It provides purpose. It helps us, you know, allocate our resources uh, successfully and effectively, you know, and it helps us adapt to the change in circumstances because, you know, like Caleb and I talked last week on uh, the Ask Me About My Day, I mentioned something about Mandy teaching them, um, the bidding portion, and he's like, oh, she's not doing that anymore. You know, business changes. She's doing something else. You know, so we have to adapt to what's changing around us. So we got to have a strategic plan for those things. You know? Well, I think guys are going to probably listen to this. If they've, if they've listened this far, they've probably already checked out, and, and, or most of them have, and they're like, oh, we don't need this. But I'm going to tell you, it's the single most important thing I think you can do in your business is, is this. And um, it all starts. I'll go to the third question. What are the key components of a strategic plan? And I said, see below. It's, uh, we outline all this in a one-page strategic plan. And I'm taking this right out of the playbook. I've mentioned this book, Scaling Up, on your podcast before. Right. Um, so this isn't something that I've come up with. This is just something I've learned and I'm following and I'm, get, I'm learning it as I go. But that's super important, man. Um, if, you don't, you, if you put it all on one place, that's where that one-page strategic plan is. And kind of, a, I'll, I'll go into it deeper, but it kind of goes over all your goals one year from from 20 years out to five year three to five years to the one year to the to the quarterly goal and it puts it all right there in front of you and then it puts all your your um critical numbers right there in front of you all your kpis all those things are right in front of you your core values are there and it makes it real easy for the team to you know report you know to go back and forth uh to uh reference as you go yeah, uh, I need to. I need to maybe make a uh, Google a Google Doc link for that, and put it in the description so these guys can read this. And uh, yeah, man, I would and Let's have it. it. I can easily yeah. do that. 
Um, or we can just put it in the show notes. Yeah, I don't know if they're if I'll, they can be that long. <laughs> I think they, you can on. Uh, I think you can on YouTube. I know you can. So um, you know, there's there's a lot to to strategic planning. You know, so Caleb, how does your business begin? This is the strategic planning process. Um, the key players in the business, primarily the founder, CEO, whoever's running the thing, you, you got to have your own time to sit down and do that. But you, but you really have to sit down with the entire team and extract that vision out and write it down. Um, and you can use this meeting to, um, this is several meetings probably, but this is where you're going to come up with your, your plan. You're going to come up with your core values. You're going to come up with your goals. You're going to come up with your your purpose of the business. And then you're going to come up ideally with, um, you know, what are those things we got to do over the next quarter, a year, three years, five years, 20 years to be where we want to be in 20 years. Well, you know, uh, Ron, a consultant, he introduced me to something called SWOT, S-W-O-T process. Have you ever heard of that? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities. and Yeah. So uh, we started looking at our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, our threats. And it was we were able to assess the internal and external environment around our business, man. And it was, it, it was eye opening when you start peeling away the layers of the onion like that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, man, you got to do it. You know, you got to do it. It's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's basically the foundation of uh, setting up your strategic priorities. So Caleb, yeah. do you have something that you can share that is an example of a successful strategic planning process that you've used? Yeah, let me, let's see here, because this is, I've got the bottom of the page, I got the notes in there and it gets into the thick of it. So okay. you've got questions four, five, six, and seven. I'm going to buzz through those and then I'm going to, and then I'm going to roll you through um, the one page strategic plan All right. and what it looks like. And um, I think that'll give people a little better perspective um, it says share a one of the questions you asked was share an example of a successful strategic planning process that you've used. Then I wrote it starts with an initial planning session to outline the one page strategic plan we talked about above and then quarterly planning sessions to set your targets uh, for the quarter and then an annual reset to realign and keep the vision current. So every year things change, things get different things. Maybe maybe you you find blind spots, maybe you just need to reset. You need to sit down with the team and make sure you're you're all still where you need to be. Um, and you you asked also how does technology play a role in strategic planning? You can use software for this. I mean, there's several people that make software, um, and I, I just answered a good app to keep all your information. Can be very very careful. And then in big bold capital letters, I wrote if you use it. Yeah. If you don't if you don't use the software which is a pain for me because I'm so not a details person. I just want to go, 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 and I don't want to take the time to write things down. But if you use it, you can hold your team accountable. I cannot hold 25 people accountable without having some kind of KPIs and things there where I can see them and make sure everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. And then what are some common pitfalls we should avoid in strategic planning? I think these are easily made mistakes and that's um, mistaking individual tasks for priorities. So some people, when they set a priority, um, they set a priority for the company, meaning a priority would be something that many people in the company would have to be a participate in to get this done. And it's going to take time. You can't do this. A, A company priority does not take one day, one week, and it can't be really done by one person usually. This is a lift. This is something the company has to work towards to make happen. Um, and what I see a lot of times is people set a priority for the quarter for the company, and they get it done in a week, and then that's it. The whole quarter is wasted because they said, we won, and they actually didn't really get anything done. They just got a little task done. Choosing the wrong priorities would be another thing that's easy to do in most likely you're not going to figure out the right priorities to set until a year or two years into this. So the first two years is probably practice, but it's practice. You got to have, you can't take step two till you take step number one. So get in there and figure the priorities. But I would recommend that you call somebody consult with somebody and tell them, Hey, here's the priorities we think we need. Uh, we're doing and, uh, and let them, let them, 
cross-examine you on that. And then choosing too many priorities and poorly executing them. So I see a lot of people, and, and these are the same mistakes that, that we've made too, is you, you feel like, oh, well, these three things, we should pick 20 things because, you know, we're rock stars. And what I see is that you've got three company priorities or two company priorities th- that are major things that may be all that you can handle for a quarter. That may be more than you can do for a quarter. So just choosing the right priorities and then choosing too many. You, It's better to... Uh, be consistently good than occasionally great. So you want to, you want to get, you know, pick two or three that are really going to do you some good and get them knocked out. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is, is we need to make sure we're executing our plan because planning alone won't bring the success we're wanting or needing, you know? No, no. For example, this quarter, a lot of times we do priorities and I don't have to jump in so hard. I'm taking my time this quarter. I've got so many some hardcore priorities and I got, I've, I've done more priorities than we normally do. And so I'm hammering and I'm having to hammer super hard on the front end of this quarter because I know if I don't, I will not get my priorities completed. And uh, everybody on my team's doing it. It's pretty incredible right now. But and I think takes, one of the things practice. I think another thing is you got to be flexible. If not being flexible while you're <clears throat> doing the strategic planning, and, and making some slight changes to the rudder, uh, I think it could hurt you if you're if you're not doing that. You know. Yeah, but you want to be. I, I think you you need to be you need to be able to uh, humble enough to say, you know, I picked the wrong thing and course correct in the middle. But at the same time, I don't think you should be so happy to just change because if you change too much, then then you might not get anything done but if you're obviously on the wrong path you need to be able to say hey we messed up we're gonna we're gonna uh rally right here and we're gonna take another direction yeah so uh let's look at the rest of your uh list man so next it just goes into a brief description of what i'm about to dive into and again i have a business coach and i pay not this company, but I pay a business coach to teach me these things. So I don't want it to sound like I'm um, being paid to pitch this book because this book is not fun to read. It's work to do. It's, you know, you, it's work when you read this book. Uh, so I'll preface it with that. But it starts with a one-page strategic plan. Um, that gets everyone on the same page. And it is outlined as outlined in the book Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. It's a concise document. And we're talking about the one-page strategic plan is a concise document that serves as a powerful tool for businesses looking to clarify their objections or objectives, align their teams, and accelerate growth. This is all about accelerating growth. You want to grow and get where you're going, this is it. The one-page document captures the essence of a company's strategic plan and provides a clear, at-a-glance view of its key priorities. Here's the components of the one-page strategic plan. And... um, Let's see here. I've showed this checklist before, too. Let's see what it's called here. These are called the Rockefeller Habits. Huh. And uh, it's in this book. And these, these, are, these are what we're going for. But the, here are the things that are on the one-page strategic plan. <clears throat> Core values. This section outlines the fundamental principles and values that guide the company's culture and decision-making. Core values define the organization's identity and shape its behavior. Example, if you have a core value in your company um, for speed, if you have a core value for having good character, etc., when someone does something slow, they didn't answer the phone, they waited to the fourth ring to answer the phone, you say, hey, Bill, the phone rang four times. Man, are you are you living to up to our core values of speed is king or whatever whatever the core value is? Or maybe um, maybe someone uh, again we talked about integrity and uh, maybe maybe somebody did something that was not necessarily a fireable offense, but it was qu- of questionable integrity. Instead of attacking them on that behavior, you could just say, "Hey, man, were you, were you doing the right thing there? Were you were you living up to that core value of integrity that we have in this company?" And it in in those are the things that are going to shape the way your team acts, and it gives you something to attack the behavior and not the person. And 
the problem so many times when we don't have core values, you say, hey, Bill, you're slow, man. You should have answered the phone. Hey, Bill, you, you, are you the kind, you're, you're a loser because you don't have integrity, right? Instead, we're attacking <laughs> the behavior, not the person. And then second purpose, um, this is kind of what some people, I don't want to say it's a mission statement. It's similar, but the purpose statement articulates the company's reason for existence. It's why. It's the why, you know, and if you if you want to learn more about this, look at Simon Sinek's book, Start With The Why. It goes beyond profit and describes the positive impact the organization seeks to make in the world. So I just saw an Apple commercial the other day, their new uh, fancy commercial about making the phones and stuff. And obviously their whole purpose is not about making phones. Their at least their advertised purpose is, uh, you know, to save the planet. Right. And so if you want to get an idea of a company's purpose, you could watch the new Apple, um, whether you agree with it or not, you could watch the new Apple commercial and then core competencies. This section highlights the key capabilities and strengths that set the company apart from its competitors. And these are areas where the company excels. So this, this could pair up with your, your strengths and weaknesses, um, your SWOT analysis, right? Just find out what you're good at. We don't need to be doing things that we're not good at. And, um, what sets us apart from our competitors. You know, it's just something to know. Everybody should know it. And then your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal. This is like 20, 25 year goal right here. Okay. This is something that, you know, maybe we're going to send a man to the moon, right? Or whatever it is, is if you got that long-term goal out there, the BHAG is a long-term visionary goal that inspires and motivates the team. It's a challenging yet achievable target that focuses on the future. So this is something you're going to have to dig down and figure out. This can't be fluff. I mean, you really got to figure out and think about this because this is what your team's going to get behind. Maybe, you know, if you, if you um, like the company, what's the company that does the shoes, Bob's or whatever, where they, they give a pair of shoes away. Every time you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes away to somebody who's needy. Imagine how easy it is to get the whole team on board in a company like that, where they said, where they have, um, in fact, let's look up, um, Bob's shoes core. I thought it, I thought it was socks or something. Every time you buy a pair of shoes, you get socks or because that's one of the biggest things that, uh, the homeless. I think it's Tom's man. It must be Tom's because there's a brand that gives them away. Tom's mission is to use business to improve lives. The core value is embedded in everything we do. We believe in partnering with others to share the values to conduct business ethically, but um, they give their shoes away, man. But what I'm saying is imagine being in a company that that um, they want to change lives and make the world a better place. And the way they do it is every time they sell a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes away to someone in, in, who has no shoes. Imagine how easy it is to get the team to rally around that cause in, in purpose and a good, a good example of, of this and how it could work is in sales training. They, uh, I read a book um, a long time ago. Maybe it was Zig Ziglar or no, it was the, um, it was the book um, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss. Uh-huh. Negotiate Like Your Life Depends on It. And they were, they were talking with, uh, about salespeople who couldn't close. They couldn't sell very much, but that same salesperson, if they went to an organization uh, and asked for donations for an organization, they were able to ask the hard questions and they were able to ask for the clothes and they were able to get money. And they said, well, what's the difference? And they said, well, we're doing it for a good cause. So we have no problem asking for a million dollar donation if we're going to feed children. Right. Right. But when you're asking for your own company, it was tough. So that big, hairy, audacious goal is just a way to to inspire the team, but it has to be true, right? You got to come up with that. Why are we doing this? Because if it's to buy you a yacht, I mean, the team's probably not going to get behind it, right? Unless you're going to take them on the yacht with you. you Exactly. (laughs) And then the brand promise. This is a succinct statement that describes the unique value the company offers to its customers. It's a promise the customer or the company consistently delivers on. Excuse me. And then profit per X. So this is where you put your own data in, but this metric, and this is a metric defines the specific driver of profitability. It could be a profit per customer, per location, per unit, or any other relevant measure that aligns with the company's financial objections uh, or objectives. It could be, we're going to make X amount of dollars per mile of fence we build. 
you know, whatever that number is, but you need to come up with something and study it. How do we make our money? And then critical numbers. These are important. So these are kind of like KPIs. They are, um, there's a few key metrics that directly impact the achievement of the company's goals and critical critical numbers keep everyone focused on what matters most. So it might be if you're a fence, you know, builder, it might be, um, mm, how much inventory do we have? We got, how many inventory days do we have? How many operating capital days do we have? You know, if, if we stop building fence tomorrow because of a hurricane, how long can we keep the doors open? Um, and keep the business flowing. How many, you know, what, how many capital days do we have? It might be something to do with finance. It might be something to do with personnel. It might be something to do with reputation. And then you got three to five year targets. And this section outlines the high level quantifiable targets the company aims to achieve over the next three to five years. And it includes financial customer and employee goals. So financial goals might be, we make a 45% net profit, um, and we, you know, customer driven might be, we keep, we have increased the lifetime value of a customer to X number of dollars. And we keep the, you know, and we're three times the average customer retention rate of anyone in our industry. And then employee goals might be, we have a team that's, uh, made up of 98%, um, a players and we have an employee net promoter score of a hundred or more or something like that. So your employees, if you, if you survey them, they all say, Hey, I love working here and I would love to tell my friends to work here. Um, but those are, those are your three to five year targets. And I think a lot of people try to move forward from zero instead of go out five years or 20 years and try to work themselves backwards. Cause if in five years you want to do this, then you got to, you can't figure out what you're going to do today until you know what you're wanting to do then. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm like, then, uh, it's like I'm in school, man. I'm just sitting here soaking it up. Keep going. Well, this we'll put this out, but one year plan next. Now, once we figure out our three to five year plan, right? So, and I'm doing this in order, right? So, first thing you got to come up with your values. That's number one. I'm backing up. What is our values? That's where you sit down with a team and you say, everybody on sticky notes, write down what are our values. What do we believe in? Write down 10. What are they? What do we believe in? And then put them all up on the board. And then all the ones that are the same, get rid of them, you know, make them one. If you got 10 things about, uh, you know, we believe in doing what's right or integrity or things of like that, that's one core value. And if you got one about, we do the job on time every single time, that's another value. Um, but figure out, you know what I'm saying? Get them all right there. Let the team be a part of that. And then you, the founder, go put your mind to it and make sure it's right. And then the purpose, you got to figure the purpose. Um, these things are in order. They have to be done in order because without them, you can't move forward. So you figure your purpose, your core competencies, you get your big goal. And then you say, well, what's our brand promise? You know, maybe it's we're going to build a darn good fence um, at a darn good, you know, at a competitive price. And we're going to stand behind it for life. Maybe that's the brand promise. I don't know what it is, but you got to come up with that. And then profit per X would be, well, how are we going to do it? And then critical numbers is, you know, what are the key indicators we got to look at to make sure we're getting it right? Then you build your three to five year plan. And now we're to our one year plan. The one year plan just breaks down the longer term targets into acceptable steps for the next 12 months. It includes specific initiatives, responsibilities, and deadlines, deadlines, deadlines. You got to set them. So if, if you know in five years you want to do $100 million in business and you're doing $100,000 in business right now, you're going to have to find a way to break that down into three to five year bites. Um, or maybe 20 years is, you know, if 100 million is the 20 year goal, then you need to figure out those three to five year thrusts or bites or things you got to do. And then, is if we say, well, in three years, we want to be doing this amount of money, then in one year, we got to do, we got to hit this metric here for one year if we're going to go where we want to go in three years or five years. And so once you line that out, then you say, well, if we're going to do this in one year, you know, if we're going to have 10 crews in one year, and right now we only have seven, then what do we got to do this quarter to make that happen? And that's where your quarterly priorities come in. And these are the top priorities for your current quarter that'll drive progress toward the one-year plan. They're specific, measurable, and time-bound. I like how 
you know, you've started out with figuring everything out and then you jump to the three to five year targets and now you're breaking down that target into, okay, a one year plan, then a quarterly plan. Well, and, everybody and else wants to move smaller. You know, everybody's going, okay, well, what are we going to do this quarter? And then what are we going to do in a year? Then what are we going to do in five years? Let's go to with the, let's, this is, um, you've heard this all your life. Let's start with the end in mind. Yeah. You've heard that before, right? Yeah. Let's start with the end in mind. And that's what we're doing here. I like to build out all my quarterly numbers on my, uh, my critical numbers. I like to build those out. So a critical number, a good example is if we're going to do a million, if you're going to build a million dollars worth of fences this year, then you, and you know that, um, your business is seasonal. You might say, well, we're going to do 15% of our business in quarter one. We're going to do 35% of our business in quarter two. We're going to do 35% of our business in quarter three or 40% and then the remainder in quarter four. And then you can set those quarterly priorities and you can build them out. And if you miss the first target, you may have to adjust. Or if you overshoot the first target, maybe you did way more than you thought, then you can adjust as you go. But the quarterly priorities, this is where you're going to pick two to three things to knock out each quarter. And it doesn't sound like much, but if you knock out three big things each quarter, three, six, nine, 12, that's 12 things. That's one thing a month. Imagine how many big things are you getting done a month right now and you're, to move your business forward? You know, so 12 is a lot. You know, yeah. if, you, if you got one big thing done every quarter or every month to move your business forward, that's that's a lot. So don't, so, you know, two to three priorities a quarter sounds like it's men, us, me, specifically me. I'm talking to myself here. We want to do 20 things a quarter. Right. Two two doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you look at it, you sound like, yeah. Why don't you do two magnificent things and, uh, and, and get those done. And if we get, if we get time left over, we'll do something else. But then 11 is individual priorities and individual priorities are individual priorities. What does each person have to do? What does each player on the team have to do to make the quarterly priorities work? And they can have priorities outside of the quarterly priorities. So let's say, let's say that we're, we're going to have an initiative to do one, two big things. And then we're going to have a theme about picking up trash around the yard, you know, around the lot. We're going to, we're going to have the cleanest fence shop in town. And so our theme is cleanliness. So we're just constantly working on that. And we're maybe given prizes or awards or recognition for picking up cigarette butts, cleaning up trash, making the shop neat. And then two big priorities, you know, those things are more culture, right? Keeping the shop cleans culture. So that could be more of a theme. So you could make that fun. And then you got two big priorities, which is we're going to bring in a new CNC router for, um, we're going to be routing our own vinyl fence, right? Like we could say that. And then we're going to have a full stain operation running where we, where we stain fences. Well, it's not as easy as just buying the router and buying the paint sprayer, right? You've got to, you've got to find the machine. You've got to order the machine. You've got to be trained on the machine. You've got to bring in the raw, the raw, uh, you know, the stock material, the profiles for the vinyl. You've got to bring in um, talent or be trained on how to stain fences. You've got to get the customers to stain fences. You've got to sell the jobs before you can go do it. And you got to get good at it. And and so those two priorities right there, if you wanted to start doing your own vinyl, you wanted to start a stain crew, you wanted to have the cleanest shop in town, would be a great way, would be a great example of, you know, a company priority for a quarter. And then, uh, but on top of that, those individual priorities might be, we're going to get the website better. And Sam, who does the website, maybe he's going to, we're going to, we're going to have a priority built around we're top ranking in, you know, in three markets, and, but that's not a, necessarily a huge company priority, but the guy on the team, he could do it right. Um, you know, those individual priorities may be, you know, Bill's going to service the Bobcat, you know, once a month because it's not been serviced in two years and we're, we're going to remember to service it once a month. Those, those things go in that place. And then meeting rhythm. This is the one that takes practice and you can practice it every day. This section outlines the regular meetings and communication process that the company follows to keep everybody aligned and accountable. So the way we do it is of course we have a Monday morning meeting, but I'm going to, I'm going to, that's going to be the last one I talk about the first meeting we do every day we started out company-wide doing a uh, morning huddle daily huddle morning huddle which is basically 
here's what I did yesterday. Here's what I'm doing today. Here's my top priority. Everybody in the company does it. Well, now we have what's called cascading huddles where maybe this department has a meeting, that department has a huddle, and that department does. And then the department heads all get together and they have a daily huddle. So it's, it's, it trickles down. But then you also need to have a we, – we also have a weekly leadership meeting, which we do on Fridays. And that's where everybody from the team has to report on. they got to put their numbers because we've got a program on the computer where everybody's got to put their metrics in. It's got to be up to date. Everybody's going to have a personal high, a personal low, a business high, and a business low. Because what we've discovered is that it's people that are in these meetings and not machines. So we want to have a little personal stuff there, a little to, to let everybody know what's going on. And then we're going to have an update, like a quick, First of all, then we'll go over all our company priorities. Where are we on getting the router set up? Have you ordered the machine? You know, are we on track? And then we're going to go over um, quick updates. What are the updates? You know, what's going on in the company to give everybody a finger on the pulse? And then um, we'll take a deep dive. Maybe we got an issue we need to solve. If you got 15 people in the room and your leadership team, you're going to have to do a deep dive on something. Let's solve a problem right now. And, um, and then what I like to do is I'll, I'll take the top four or five things that we need to get out to the team to communicate. Um, and I'll put it on a big fat sticky note, a, a big one, like, like here's one right here, right? There's one. This is because this is what I do. Practice what we preach, right? Concern forms and I put a procedure. So this, this paper here, I'll stick it to the big TV in the main room where we have our meeting. And then on Monday morning, we'll, um, we'll go over this. So the whole team learns about it in our Monday morning meeting. And, and that's where we um, disseminate all that information to everybody. So we have clear communication from the bottom to the top and from the top to the bottom. And so on this meeting, this is uh, a couple weeks ago, but we had concern forms procedures. So if we have a concern about something, it could be one of the lids that we bought or a whatever it could be post hole diggers we're buying they keep breaking and we need to get a different one concern forms we made a sop and a procedure around it whoever was in charge of that rolled it out to everybody here's where the forms are this is what we do and this is how we turn it in and this is what we do to fix it second was uh and this is specific to my company so um Number two is a uh, service stain orders. So we recently changed how and where our crews get their stain. Um, we changed the location. We took all the, the, the guess the thinking off of the crews and we just staged it for them. And then we had a place for return stain that they didn't use. And then three, we talked about planning day. So this was back when we had our quarterly planning and it was said, Hey, today is Monday. We're doing a quarterly planning session. Um, so that's what we're doing. And then number four, I put training and it says, bam, you know, bam, bam. He did a training internally on wood restoration. You know, in our company, everybody answers the phone, um, needs to know, because obviously we run a technical support line for wood care for staining and stuff. So we trained internally on wood restoration. And then we had department order forms. So instead of, for a long time, we had um, ordering raw materials, whatever it was, on one person's shoulders, and it, it has gotten to be too big. And so what we've done is um, department indivi- individuals and departments are now, they're, if they need something, they're going to they're gonna turn in a request for it, and then a PO will be produced, and it'll go um, to the buyer. And um, this was just our way of getting that information out. So I just stuck it. I mean, I'm sure there's a better way, but I just stick the sticky note on the big TV, and when we get to that place in our meeting, we disseminate it out. But that's, that's what the meeting rhythm is. And you need to do these meetings on a regular basis. You don't need to have death by meeting. But, you know, the, one, the, the daily one is probably um, very, very important to do. But it takes, you know, this is t- eight minutes. I mean, I can get 20 people um, to do this meeting in like under eight minutes. So, I mean, it's quick. And we open ours with a prayer. And a prayer takes time. So you can probably do it. If you don't open with a prayer, you can do it probably five minutes. So these are these are quick things, but this keeps you moving. This keeps the rhythm going, and uh, that's how you that's how you do this. So that's that's how we do our strategic planning. Wow, <laughs> man! When you said you wanted to do a deep dive before we got on, I didn't realize that we were going to go that deep. 
But uh, I, I am the least likely person to do this stuff. And so, man, here's here's my deal. Everybody wonders, why does Caleb do everything? Give Why do I give university, standing university away for free? Why do we do all the podcasts for free? Why do we do all this and train people and make the books and we give it out? Um, it's not to sell stain. I, I just pay the bills by selling stain. Man, when I was in the fence business growing up, and you, you said I was, I've was i been in the fence business since the early 90s. My family has been in the fence business uh, since 1992. And um, I was a young, very young fellow at that time. You know, I'm 35 now. So um, I would have been like five years old then. Um, but I did do plenty of fence stuff, five, six years old, 10 years old, all the way up. But when I was a young adult in the fence business, my dad sort of passed. He handed the business, kind of put it in my lap and let me run it. And I really wanted to grow it. And I wanted to make more money because I wanted to make more money. I just wanted to feed my family better. And um, the the biggest part of pain that I had in my life was I didn't, I knew there was a better way, but I didn't have a network. I didn't know who to call. And I didn't, I couldn't call a business coach. I didn't have money. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And so the way I see it is I'm the least likely person to sit down and take the time to plan, to write things down, to take notes. Um, but I do it now because all that pain I had, you know, my book, it's, it's highlighted. Every single page is like this because it's important stuff. And the reason that I'm here doing this is because if somebody else is having that pain and they want to grow their business and they're beating their head against the wall like I was, uh, and like I still do in many ways, these are the things that seem very minuscule. Um, but this is how you grow your business. It's not getting a better truck. It's not financing some or some secret st- tax strategy. It's getting the team on board. And this is how you grow a business. And this is what I'm learning. And so I want to share it with as many people as I can, um, because even though it's not beautiful or perfect, this works. And if you'll just try it. It'll make a huge difference, but it's not going to make a difference overnight. It's going to take you two years, three years, five years. But when you wake up five years later, I mean, in five years, you're going to be five years older anyways. So you might as well try it. And when you do look up in five years, you're going to go, holy crap, it's working. Is that what happened to you? Um, Well, I I think every day I have little moments where I go, oh, it's working. It's working. How long have you been implementing uh, this? Man, I've been doing this particular thing now for about two or three years. But all of this type of stuff I've been learning and trying to learn for years, man, for years, for at least 10 years. And um, it takes time to put it all together and understand it. This made me understand all of the things I spent, you know, the 10 years prior to the 10 years ago, I started working on this, listening to, you know, content from before content was cool about how to grow your business or how to sell and things like that. Um, once I got this book and somebody to hold my hand and walk me through it, it, it showed me, um, it made it all make sense. If that makes, if that makes sense, you know, it made it all click, but this is it. You can't get the team on board. I'm going to, I'm recapping here. Number one, you can't get everyone aligned without core values because you got to know what we stand for. You got to know what the purpose is. Why are we doing this? And then you got to know how we make money. What is our core competencies? You got to set that big goal that I wouldn't worry too much on that because you can kind of delay that one a little bit. The brand promise that needs to be clear to your team so they can meet somebody in an elevator and give them the concise, quick thing. Profit per X. You got to figure out how we're going to make our money and be very profitable because you want to be above average profitable in this one thing that we're really good at. And then critical numbers, you got to have a way to track it. And eventually, when you get really good, that PL, when you get a really good team, is what I mean, you're going to have the PL there. And the PL that you've been hogging and keeping to yourself, you've been scared to show people. Yeah. When you get A players on the team, you're going to want to assign someone to the to line items of that PL. Hmm. Like you, you are the the guy for marketing. For all the marketing, you're responsible for this PL. For raw materials, you know, fence material, whatever, eat whatever your line items are on your particular P&L, you got to put somebody in charge of it. And then you build your targets, you set for three to five years. 
everybody's again on the same page. Then your one-year plan, everybody knows what we're working towards. Then your quarterly priorities is how we execute it. And that's it, man. And we, and we stay on top of it and we track it through the meetings and, uh, put this, put this document out for everybody to see, cause this outlines it, but, but this is not me. I'm not a genius. I'm just reading out of the book, man. So. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to uh, piece this all together and make a nice little link for people to click on, and they can print this out. But this is pretty impressive, man. Uh, when I saw you typing in notes, I didn't scroll all the way down, so I wasn't prepared for all that. I'm like, wow, this is a lot of information, a lot of good information. Really if I is. could, you know, I if I can just make people understand how important this stuff is to get your business to grow. If you're just trying to get beer money, don't worry about it. But if you're trying to grow <laughs> something that's going to make a difference for your kids, kids, this is how you do it. Or even if you just want to get a little better, I mean, this is how you do it. You know, it's not. And then this, once you get all this figured out, now you start to understand why people will say, before they start a business to make a business plan. That's what this is. You're building your business plan as you go. Nice. Well, man, I love having you on, Caleb. I'm kind of on overload, but I'll tell you what, I am going to be printing this thing out tomorrow when I get to the office, and I'm going to tear it apart, and I'm going to figure out how I can start implementing these things, man. Really appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, one last thing, man, before we go, we got, uh, expert staying in seal the, uh, free university. What's the dates on that again? Yep. So staining university and Woodcare expo is sponsored by expert stain and seal. Um, the dates are February 8th and 9th, 2023, all about, you know, if you want to learn this stuff in your business, come check it out. Um, and we're going to do lots of hands on. So if you're, if you want to, and I think that's what makes us different, right? In the staining world, we teach staining and sealing and wood restoration, but this right here is what we back it with, and we want to leave you. You want to? We want you to leave knowing this kind of stuff, um, and that's what makes all the difference um, between a stainer and a successful stainer. So, hopefully, uh, we'll see you there in February. Yeah, man, we'll be there. Hey guys, thanks for coming, and y'all keep on fencing. You've been listening to My Fence Life. Yes, we like to have fun. Beer, bourbon, and business. And although we have fun, we take our business very seriously. Dan Blanc is known as the Fence King, and he's been providing high-quality fence solutions since 1999. He's connected to industry leaders, business leaders, financing experts, and marketing gurus that will be on the show to talk about their success stories. To find out more about us, hit the website at myfencelife.com. Listen to the show wherever you consume your content. We are everywhere. Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. See you next time on My Fence Life.